Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu, your host today, and I'm joined by another very special guest, Dr. Amiad Fredman. He is the founder, podcast host, and the content creator for Digital Doc Games, which I'm excited to kind of jump in. I don't want to give it away too much because it's a pretty interesting um, subject and company. Um, but with that being said, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rodney, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Why don't you give people a quick background of kind of how you got started in the healthcare industry, but also kind of how you were able to merge healthcare and video games. Absolutely, for sure. So right, so Games for Health, that's what I do. That's what Digital.Games is about. Uh, I am a medical doctor by training, although I am not practicing within the hospital um, when I went into medical school, I uh, started medical school in 2016, uh, I always knew that I wanted to combine my passions of healthcare and patient care uh, and technology, um, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like. Uh, and as I went through medical school, I um, started doing some research projects with virtual reality and, some, and working with some virtual reality companies, which was a topic and a technology that I found fascinating and, and still do find fascinating. And just more and more discovered that, you know, this is, this is what I'm passionate about. I love the idea of helping people uh, outside of the traditional, you know, hospital walls and using my medical expertise uh, in the digital health and the games for health world. So after I graduated from medical school, I decided to work full-time in digital health and games for health. And part of uh, how I do that is with this podcast and content channel, digital.games, uh, which is where I explore, like you said, how video games uh, can, can impact health uh, and can uh, actually be used to improve health in many ways. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think what's really interesting here is when people think of video games, they just think of like entertainment and just like fun. But you're taking your background and your experience as a healthcare professional, as an educator, and merging the education field with entertainment. So can you kind of talk about how that process has been for you? For sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, right. There's so many aspects of games for health and what can we learn from video games about health and how can we use them? Um, and I think education is, is just one of those parts. Uh, I could go on and on about, you know, the medical education system and, and the flaws there and the, and the pros there. Um, but one thing I think that video games have to teach us about education is a very important concept. And that is in video games, failing is fun. And failing is a part of the process. You mm. can't have a game without failing. And it's not like you play a game and, you know, you, you're, you're going along as your character and you die, you get game over and you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm done. I'm never playing this again. No, you're, you're, you know, you're fed into it. You want to continue. You want to play again. But in education, failing is punished. And um, I think that we miss, we, we dropped the ball there a little bit because failing should be encouragement to get up and to try again. And it's really a key component to the learning process. Um, so I think that, that the education system actually, and, and certainly medical education has a lot to learn from video games of 
well, how can we encourage failing? How can we make that a part of the learning process? How can we make failing fun even? That's crazy. That makes a lot of sense. Cause like when you do play video games, it's like, even when you do fail, like you get a retry, but, and you're not punished. It's like, it's encouraged. Whereas in the educational field, like you're looked down upon when you fail. You and know? certainly in medical education, that's very true, right? I mean, traditionally, uh, you know, when, when you're talking about medical students or residents going on rounds uh, and, you know, being, being pimped is what it's called when you're asked a question by your residents or by your attending and kind of on the spot, you know, it's high pressure situation, have to come up with an answer. And it is a very tense environment uh, in, in many cases. Um, and, and is that really the best learning uh, environment? Um, I would argue that, that certainly it's, it's often is not. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really, you know, it's just a really fascinating uh, topic to explore. Dang, you mentioned, it's crazy because when you think of like the healthcare field and you think of like doctors and like healthcare professionals, you hit it on the head where it can be intense at times and it can be very complex. So I think it's very refreshing to hear someone with like your background and your expertise talking about the value of something as simple as video games, you know? Um, but because the industry, this vertical especially, is very professional in how they present themselves, what sort of resistance have you faced from other healthcare professionals who are hearing about using video games to kind of improve the learning environment and aren't totally on board with that? For sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that there isn't much resistance when you start talking about simulations, because simulations is something that uh, has been around in medicine for quite some time. And, you know, the fidelity of these simulations is only, uh, you know, increasing and getting more impressive. So, you know, we have our simulation dummies, but everyone, even just sitting around a table and discussing a case um, when you're not actually physically, you know, at involved in that case is, is, so to speak, a simulation. So I think all medical professionals and medical educators understand the value of a simulation, especially in a field where you're dealing with life or death. So you need to go over these, uh, these scenarios, right? So I think video games in many ways are just the next level of simulations, right? They are the masterclass of, interac of interactive media, uh, in, a masterclass of an interactive medium, right? Um, so I think there, there, there's not so much resistance. I think where you start to see more resistance is um, maybe when it, it, as far as medical education goes, when it starts competing for the space around the traditional, you know, uh, tools that we have for learning. You know, maybe instead of flipping through flashcards or reading a textbook or watching a lecture or attending a lecture, you can actually play a video game. Um, and that's a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, a little bit more of an interesting space to explore. Ah, okay. That's interesting. And so we talked about like the learning environment and there's different ways to consume content and to kind of educate yourself and to like learn new knowledge whether it's reading something, watching a video, playing video games, listening to a podcast like yours. Um, but what sort of examples can you give on video games that can kind of help with that education process, whether it's through AR or VR or like what's, what sort of 
examples or mediums can you share? Absolutely. Well, uh, two uh, you know come to mind, and they're both uh, companies that I've been lucky enough to interview um, uh, founders and, and employees that work there on my channel. Uh, the first is actually a company that uh, I am, consult for myself, and and this and that company is Level X. And Level X is a company that I have wanted to work with and collaborate with them in some way for so long because I just love what they're doing. And their tagline is that they make video games for doctors. And that's really what they do. Uh, their, their platform is mobile and they make really, really impressive medically themed games that are A, fun to play and B, have a byproduct of learning. Uh, so they, some examples of their games, they have an airway game where uh, it, you're actually going in, you know, sort of with a, a like with a bronchoscope, going into a patient's airway to um, intubate a patient or to uh, remove an obstruction. Um, they have a GI game. They have a, a cardio game where you're actually uh, going in with a catheter and doing ablations. Um, and, and they're working on some really, really cool stuff right now that will uh, release, you know, in the coming months. Um, and, and that's just a, a really great uh, company that's, and again, they have talent from all over the video game industry. I mean, people, veterans of this industry who have worked at top-notch studios who are now committed to making these medical education video games. Um, and the other company that comes to mind is uh, Oso VR, uh, which is founded by Dr. Justin Barad, who is a, a orthopedic surgeon. Um, and that is a very, again, high fidelity, virtual reality uh, surgery simulator. Uh, so really to practice these things so that the first time you're doing these, you know, procedures, your first time you do it is not on a real life patient. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so kind of listening to you share some examples of kind of what's available out there kind of gives me a better, like, grasp of what you're kind of referring to, because I feel like initially, when you're talking about video games for doctors, you're thinking like, a private Fortnite channel, <laughs> they call it duty or something, but. Well, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing about games for health is it can be that as well. Right. I mean, I think it's still a very important conversation to have. What are, the, what is the value of the video games that we play, you know, just for entertainment, our call of duties, our Fortnites. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, there's, there's value to those more popular games but even some more of, of these hidden you know, titles that maybe you, know, you don't think of right away. But there's, for instance, I played a game on my channel um, uh, when I was streaming on Twitch uh, called Before I Forget. And I was also lucky enough to interview the creators of that game on my podcast. Uh, and this is a game where you play as a woman who has early onset dementia and you're sort of just walking around her house. It's a you know, non-combat, totally narrative game, uh, exploring her house and you know, sort of experiencing what it would be like, uh, you know, you're looking for her husband, that's sort of the driving um, mission in the game, but you at the same time are experiencing what it would be like to live with dementia. And I've treated countless amounts of dementia patients, you know, when I was in medical school. And I, I can honestly say, I never understood those patients as much as I did after playing this game, which is called Before I Forget. So there's a lot to learn from a game like that too. And I would love that game to be integrated into medical school curriculums. I think every med student should, should touch that game, should play that game. 
Ah, uh, dang, that's crazy. Kind of gives you, puts you in their shoes and allows you to like kind of empathize with their situation a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I really like that. And so I feel like there's another like objection, I guess you could say it, or a fine line that you can walk is that by spending time on video game sort of learning activities, you're taking away from that real life hands-on experience. And is that kind of what you want to get towards in as far as in the beginning stages and you're kind of learning about surgery or different aspects of your your job, depending on your title? Or is it supposed to be more complementary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's benefits to both, right? In general, I would say it's not about taking away, it's complementary, like you said, it's about augmenting the experience, right? However, in, in, in certain stages in early, you know, medical education, there might be a value to, uh, you know, someone who isn't ready to go in the OR or isn't ready to talk to the patient on their own, um, that there is a value in sort of allowing them to put on training wheels, so to speak, and to test out whatever it is. Um, and, and I think you made a great point about empathy. Uh, and, and so we talked a little bit about the technical simulations that you could do but there's the sort of hidden curriculum of medical schools and medical education. Maybe, you know, some people call it the softer uh, curriculum, but that really is uh, empathy and emotional intelligence. And this is something that is not easy to learn. And some people are maybe more, uh, um, you know, more, more naturally talented at it than others, uh, but, but it's something that requires training. Um, and a video game can do that as well, you know, to put you, like you said, to put you in the shoes of someone else, um, to allow you to try on a different perspective or even to allow you to try different ways of communicating with the patient. Mm, that's awesome. And so just to kind of clarify, like the ideal person for like video games for healthcare, obviously would be like the doctors, the the healthcare professionals who are actually going to be working in that field, not for like gamers or people just who have an interest of playing healthcare related games. Right. Well, I think it can be all of the above. Right. And that's, that's the great thing. And, and I think if you're making a successful game for health um, in many cases, it pays to design it for sort of all of the above, because you can have more of a, of a reach for your audience. Uh, and I don't see why not, for many cases, open it up to the, to the wider public, you know, maybe there's a high school student out there who doesn't have a doctor in the family, doesn't uh, know any doctors, but thinks this might be interesting to her, uh, allow her to put on the VR headset or to take the controller and play a game and maybe experience what it might be like to be a doctor. Um, so I think that, or, or maybe even a patient, right, may can uh, open up that, that patient-doctor communication and that relationship. There's, there's tons of ways to, to uh, explore this, but it all comes down to that immersion and that interactability uh, that video games provide. Ah, okay. Yeah, because depending on like, I guess the level or like the curiosity, I guess, like if, like you mentioned, there's someone in high school or something who's just wanting to find out, like that can be a very powerful spark of, 
like to get that curiosity and get those brain juices flowing on kind of what's the possibilities out there. But if you're already like in the community, in like the healthcare ecosystem, this is could be another way to kind of sharpen your skills and keep going back to it. Cause it's very interesting on how we're kind of merging both the fields and talking about the learning environment. And before we start recording, you were saying how you you stream on Twitch. And so I think when it comes to learning, learning in different ways really helps your confidence, right? Because that, that confidence is really what allows you to perform. But I think by you doing Twitch, you also have a podcast, like you have these platforms to connect with people. You're able to create a community and a learning community. So can you kind of speak to the value that video games brings when it comes to teamwork and building that community? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, when I was decide- when I was in medical school and starting to think about, okay, well, if I'm not going to practice clinical medicine, you know, and, and follow the traditional route, what am I going to do? I and mean, what have I been learning for the past four years here? Right. Um, and I, you know, the more I dug into it, I started realizing there's all these really important critical skills that I've learned about how to work in a team, about how to critically think, about how to, how to plan, how to work efficiently um, that are removed, you know, or, or hidden within the, the pure clinical knowledge that I know. And one of those skills that I found that I um, was able to carry over into actually podcasting uh, and Twitch streaming was the ability to interview somebody. Uh, like I said, you need to learn how to talk to people, how to talk to patients in medical school. And that's that you need to be trained how to do that. Right. Um, and I was, and I was, and I learned how to interview the patient and how to talk to a patient and have a conversation while at the same time working in my head through a system, knowing that I need to get these questions. I need to get to, to this part of the conversation. And that's very much, you know, what you do in, in interviewing and podcasting uh, is, you know, you're having a conversation, right? But uh, you, you also know that there's certain areas that you need to touch on. So that was really interesting how that sort of translated over. Um, so that's been really interesting for me on a content creation side. Uh, by playing video games, like you said, I am able to, um, and, and, and streaming on Twitch, I'm able to connect with a community that uh, I never would be able to otherwise. And a, lot, a large p- part of this, or certainly an aspect of this actually, is in this new digital age that we live in um, with COVID-19 and, and um, remote working and stuff. This, this comes a little bit easier, but it's been incredible to be able to play games and really, you know, we're playing and maybe, we're, but, but we're just hanging out. Uh, people come <laughs> to my streams and we just, we just have a good time. We just talk about life. We talk about our, you know, maybe our problems, our feelings, whatever it is. Uh, but it's a really, and I think, you know, anyone who comes to a stream will find that um, the gaming community really actually is a very supportive community. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't even, you know, kind of get into, I think what the heart of your question was, what, what can we learn from team building actually through these games? Um, but so that's more from the content side, but certainly through the, these games as well. I mean, it's all, it's all strategy. It's all team building exercises. Um, it's all working together to achieve one goal. Um, so it's, I mean, 
you know, it's, it's, we could, we could have a separate podcast almost about any of these topics. <laughs> awesome. Go through it from a high level, but no, but I think what you were saying right now is very valuable as well, because at the end of the day, when you're talking about like serving an audience and building a community, it, a lot has to do with the content and the value that you are putting out to, to serve that audience and that community. And so you kind of did give some examples, but like, I was wondering like, what, what do you stream about? Like, is it just people watching you playing video games? Like how interactive is it? And like, what, I don't know, like, I'm not really familiar with how Twitch works as for far sure, as like video for sure. games for doctors. So first of all, I stream all of my, my interviews, all of my, my podcasts, um, which is really nice because that allows anyone who is able to make it and come in live for these interviews to actually get involved uh, in the podcast and they can ask questions uh, through the chat and um, and I could read those questions or the, or the person I'm interviewing can actually see the chat and interact with the chat as well. Um, so that's really, really great. Uh, when I stream games, I generally try to play what I call impactful games. So games that do have a little bit more of an obvious um, value rather than just the uh, entertainment um, value that it brings. Uh, so for instance, the game before I forget about the woman with dementia that I met, um, you know, many, many games about um, on the subject of mental health, uh, something that you'll walk away after playing that game or watching that game uh, with, with something to think about. So that's, that's what I like to play on my stream. But of course, you know, there's always the times where I'm like, you know, I kind of just need the escape, which is also a value that video games bring, right? I mean, video game industry boomed in 2020 because people needed the escape, right? Who, who doesn't want to just go to a nice relaxing island and animal crossing for a little bit instead <laughs> of, uh, you know, the, the quarantine life that they're used to in 2020 and 2021. Um, so sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, uh, just feel like, like later today, you know, I'm like, normally I would play an impactful game, but I kind of just want to play Call of Duty for a little bit. <laughs> sometimes we'll do that too. I just want to blow <laughs> some stuff up for a couple like, of hours. Honestly, it's that kind of day. <laughs> ah, dang, that's crazy. Dang, so you, you're playing a lot of video games. You're kind of deeply immersed into this field. And so I feel like you, you kind of have a feel for the trends and kind of what's up and coming. And my question is, it's not related to like the digital docs, but is there anything exciting that you see for the AR or the VR industry coming up? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think as we start to see these technologies um, improve and become more accessible, I mean, Oculus Quest and Oculus Quest 2 now are the first uh, wire, wireless headsets um, that you can take anywhere. And they're starting to become, you know, come lower down to a, an affordable price point. So I think as you start to see these technologies get in the more hands, uh, you're gonna start seeing them be used in, um, in more places, whether that's education, uh, whether that's um, uh, you know, actually as a therapy. Um, so there's, there's so many exciting places I see. I think really, you know, we haven't even talked about it yet, but the most exciting thing that I see for Games for Health is actually on that digital therapeutic side, which is a totally brand new industry um, that is largely, um, you know, I, I believe at least will be uh, dominated by, by video games. Um, so virtual reality, there's augmented reality, like I said, different sort of mental health, um, you know, pain distraction. You know, you think about it, what is the power of transporting someone to another 
another world, right? So maybe it's a, a patient who's stuck in the hospital for, for a chronic amount of time. Uh, if you could actually take that patient and put them in a fantasy world for a little bit, what does that do? And they've done this actually to, for patients in the emergency room or receiving um, uh, um, sort of burn wound care, uh, which are, you know, is a very painful process. And actually they found that if you place these patients in virtual reality, you can actually decrease the amount of um, uh, opioids that they require um, in pain medicines. Um, so VR is really excited for that, but also traditional video games. You're starting, you, you know, now we have the first ever uh, prescribable video game for the treatment of ADHD. It's FDA approved. And that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the only way to play <laughs> that game is to get it prescribed by a doctor that's made by Achille Interactive. Uh, and it's, it's sort of like a cart racer, temple run type of game, Mario Kart um, type of game. And it's for the treatment of ADHD in kids. So I, I think you're going to see a lot more things like this. Ah, uh, dang. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. I asked that question because my first like exposure to the power of augmented reality or virtual reality, excuse me, was when I went to Six Flags and they have a ride where they put on the Samsung uh -huh. um, VR goggles. And I've never rode a roller coaster with some VR goggles, but it, it made the ride so much more like immersive and crazy because it was a regular roller coaster that I right, like, read right. before that when you throw on the VR goggles, it's like, wow, like this. And it, that was just on like, a roller coaster and so it's interesting to see how far it's like advanced and how that sort of technology is being applied to different industries and not even just for entertainment like you're telling like there's prescribable video games now and so it's, right. it's pretty cool to see kind of how much it's advanced and even more potential that it has um so i guess another question i have for you is like what sort of advice would you have for professionals who are looking to start trying to dip their toe into the video games for the healthcare market and more Absolutely. specifically for like people who've never really immersed themselves into it on your level. First, uh, of course. Well, first of all, uh, get in touch with me because if, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, I, you know, I think it's so important, you know, for um, people with, with similar interests, especially in this space to, to be able to get together and talk and share ideas uh, so anyone is, is always welcome to send me email at digitaldocgames at gmail.com or uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter, um, comment on my YouTube, wherever you, wherever you reach out, I'll respond um, because that's how excited I am about this. Um, but, but other than that, you know, I think it's, um, it's kind of just get started, right? Uh, you, if you're a medical professional listening to this and you're interested in digital health or games for health, there is a value you bring to the table to any company that is working on a healthcare digital solution. Uh, and that is, you know, these companies, they, they understand the business side of things, right? Uh, they, they understand maybe the tech side of things. But what you will bring to the table as a medical professional or medical expert or someone who's knowledgeable in, in healthcare um, is extremely valuable to them because that's the one thing they don't have. And if on top of that, if we're talking games for health, then on top of that, you also have a, have, a, have a good sense about what makes a fun game, what makes a good game, what makes an impactful game. You actually understand the technology a little bit, then you're even more um, uh, valuable there. So I think, I think, you know, what I did is just start reaching out to companies 
Um, and, and I would not be where I am today if uh, I didn't do those initial and continued uh, network uh, and networking. So, so just go out there, get out of your comfort zone and, and just follow your passions. Awesome. I think that's an excellent piece of advice um, and, and the perfect way to kind of wrap up our main segment of the interview. We've been talking a lot of uh, high level stuff relating to like video games for healthcare, video games for doctors and whatnot. But I like to end each episode, each interview on a little with a little lighter exercise with something I like to call the rapid fire round. So awesome. I'll ask you a set of questions. You just give me whatever answer you come up with. OK. Oh, boy. OK. <laughs> all right. Question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, oh man, it's, it's, I'm going to get made fun of because it's just on the topic of video games, but uh, <laughs> it's called Blood, Sweat and Pixels. It's by Jason Schreier, who's a, a very um, a talented video game journalist. And it's sort of about the insight uh, into some of these um, well-known or lesser known video games, actually the development uh, journey uh, of these games. And uh, I found it very, very interesting to sort of get a look into that industry. Awesome. Um, number two, who's the most influential person in your life or career? Wow. Oh man, I'm not good at this rapid fire thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I have to say uh, it's, it's my, my friend and mentor, uh, Dr. Eric Gantworker, who's the vice president and medical director of Level X, uh, which we talked about before. Um, he's actually the one who has sort of pushed me to, to take these risks, uh, to follow my passions, and actually the one that, to, that pushed me to start podcasting in the first place. Awesome. Shout out to him. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? You know, uh, I would like to continue to engage with the digital doc community. I call them the digital doc care team, right? Um, I, one of the ways I hope to do that is by making a discord, uh, which is um, sort of like a, you know, a, a, if you don't know what discord is, like a Slack or a WhatsApp group uh, where we could um, communicate and, and get to know each other a little bit better. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more engagement on the videos so that I can get to know people better. And, and really my ultimate goal is when people think of games for health, I want them to think of digital doc games as a place that they can come to and, and talk about the topic. Mm, for sure. I mean, that's what pops up in my mind. I haven't even heard of any other community other than like yours. So, well, there we go. Cool. We're already, we're already on our way there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? People ask me a lot of times, like if I go back in time, like, would I do it? Like, would I go through medical school? And it's a really hard question for me to ask, right? Um, because I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have overcome the challenges I overcame. I wouldn't have grown if I didn't do that. Medical school was, was extremely challenging for me, um, uh, as it is for most people. But, but certainly, you know, I had my very specific challenges with it. And I wonder if I uh, would do it again, you know. So if I go back to to college, Amiad, do I give them the heads up? Um, but I think I've already given the advice, and I think it's double down on what what I already knew a little bit to be true there. But it's just follow your passions, follow your heart. That is the one thing that whenever I have made a decision based on what my heart tells me to do, it has always been the right decision. Awesome, awesome. I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Follow your passions, man. Turn that passion to a paycheck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Amir, I just want to thank you again for just jumping on and kind of sharing your story and sharing how you're trying to change the world through video games. And I support you. And I'm like right there beside you 100%. And I see the potential and the value of what you're doing. Um, but before we go, where can people learn more about you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they watch you stream? For sure, for sure. So anything slash digital doc games, basically, right? The best place uh, to catch... Uh, all of my content is on YouTube, youtube.com slash digital doc games, all of our interviews, let's plays and reviews uh, and, and whatever else I think of goes on YouTube. Um, but you can also uh, catch the interviews on podcasts, just your go-to podcast service. Uh, follow me on Twitter at digital doc games uh, or come hang out and check out one of my streams on twitch.tv slash digital doc games. And honestly, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet anyone who uh, wants to come in and, and just say hi. Yeah, for sure. And I'll be sure to include all of those um, links in the resources section. Um, but with that being said, that kind of ends today's episode. Uh, catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>